Today's shiur begins at the beginning of the new parak, the sixth parak, and we're going to have a Mirza Shem, an unusual experience with regard to today's shiur in so far as we might end up learning an entire parak of Gemara in one shiur. Of course, you'll notice that this is a rather short parak ending on the upper part of Daf Lamed Beis, Omid Aleph. Uh, another point about this parak is that it seems to be uh, almost out of place. And uh, the location is pointed out by Teisvis. He mentions that this should have been uh, interwoven with the first parak of the Masechta. So there's a silver lining in this that, as you all know, that review is a is the most important element of success in Torah learning and Torah understanding. And hence, we have a situation where most of the information that will be seen today is information, is Torah learning that we've done at the, at the very beginning of this Masichta. Uh, the the f- main discussion today will revolve around the Nehmonus of an Eid Echad, of one witness, something that we've discussed extensively at the beginning of the Masechta. So now we turn to the Mishnah. Mi Shekino es, the Kino the Ishto, there's a Girsa that you see in the Teisvis that says, Mi Shekino, means once he w- had warned his wife. Or, if you use the words as they appear here, one who had warned his wife not to go in seclusion with someone else, and she violated the warning, even if the husband heard from a nobody, uh, literally from a flying bird, that his wife had gone into private privacy, into seclusion with another man, in other words, the source of information for her going into seclusion is minimal in, in terms of significance. It's not as if you have two witnesses telling him that. Nevertheless, there was a warning. And then the discovery of her going into seclusion, Yoitsi v'yitain ksuba, divrei Rebbe Eliezer. If he, uh, the, the husband doesn't want to take her to the base of Migdash, uh, for the drinking of the soto water, then there is sufficient grounds uh, to divorce her, but she will receive her ksuba. Now, this is Rebbe Lezer's opinion, and this is Rebbe Lezer consistent with what he said at the very beginning of the Masechta, that for stira, for information concerning the seclusion, even the husband himself, that's called alpi atzmo, would be believed. Let's take a look together at the Rashi. Filu shoma even if you heard from a flying bird that his wife had gone into seclusion after the warning. Yotzi v'tein ksuba, the Yotzi is he divorces her, pays her the ksuba, and this is Rebelezer consistent with what he has said in the past. Yomar b'perekama, stira lobaya edus. Uh, testimony concerning her going into seclusion doesn't require formal testimony. When we speak about formal testimony, that's the testimony of two kosher witnesses. Not so for stira, according to Rebbe Lezer. Even a slave or a bondmaid, a heathen bondmaid, would be believed. That's uh, similar to a flying bird. The iskish lutuma. Uh, seclusion is compared to testimony concerning actual intimacy. Tuma is a term referring to someone having witnessed her actual act of uh, intimacy with the paramour. With regard to testimony concerning Tuma, everyone is believed. Hilkoch uh, And here, this is a very important point. The Mishnah had said he should divorce her, but he does pay the ksub in the event that he doesn't want to give her to drink. He has to divorce her because she's become prohibited to him. If he doesn't want to give her the soda water in the base Amigdish to drink, Yotzi, he must divorce her. He takes and pay her the ksuba uh, money. The ksuba, of course, is the financial guarantee that a woman receives by virtue of a tonight basin or a document that's written up. It's called the ksuba that 
in the event she is divorced or becomes a widow, she receives monetary compensation. That is paid to her here if he doesn't bring her to drink. Let's continue now in the Mishnah. Rabbi Yeshua Omer, Ach Yisu Vietnu Ba Moizoros Balavono. And here we let's take a look at the Rashi. Rabbi Yeshua Omer, Ach Yisu Vietnu Ba Moizoros Balavono, Klomar. Mishum Stira, She'ein Ba Shnei Edim. Because of seclusion that lacks the testimony of two witnesses, two kosher witnesses, saying thusly, she does not become prohibited. This is, of course, an old machlokas tanoim that we learned at the beginning of the sechta. What is necessary to establish this seclusion? Rabbi Lezer says, no formal testimony is necessary. Rabbi Shua says, for seclusion, you have to have two kosher witnesses. And if you don't have that, uh, she doesn't become prohibited. Just because you warned her, that's not enough. There has to be warning plus evidence of her being in seclusion with the paramour. This is, again, uh, a, an, a, um, a demonstration of consistency, uh, this time on the part of Rabbi Yeshua. In order to bring her to the base of to drink, i.e., uh, in, in order to verify that there was seclusion, which is the grounds on which we bring her to drink, you need two witnesses. When the um, Mozoros uh, has to do with uh, w- women that, uh, that spin uh, wool, Belavona uh, means at night. It's a reference to a certain group in the general population that uh, tend to um, gossip with one another. So when they start to talk about her looseness, her uh, frivolousness, mechur hadavar it's um, it's disgusting, it's reprehensible, and she should leave. She should leave the marriage. A woman, a married woman who has become the subject of gossip uh, concerning her morality. Uh, is, a, is a woman that the waters will no longer check. The waters are not going to be effective in a case like that. From the Posuk that says, And not a woman who is the subject of the nighttime gossipers. Let's now continue in the Mishnah. Omar Eid Echad, Ani Roisio Shinit Meis. A single witness says that uh, when she was in that seclusion, that according to Rabbi Yeshua, there were two witnesses concerning the seclusion. According to Rabbi Lezer, even without two witnesses, but one witness comes and says, concerning the, the uh, time she was in that seclusion, I saw her in and uh, not just uh, from behind a, a closed door, but I saw I was there when she was involved in actual act of intimacy. Oh, so if in addition to uh, testimony that she was in seclusion, a, 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 a single witness comes and tells us that he saw the act of intimacy between the the married woman and the paramour, lo hoisa she would not drink. One witness is believed regarding this, even to the extent that she'll lose her ksuba, because you have already suspicious circumstances. She was warned, there was seclusion, and on top of all of that, a witness comes and says that I saw the actual act of intimacy, that she's definitely been defiled. Uh, or def- she's definitely defiled herself, and therefore there's no drinking. The drinking is to establish, to determine a circumstance of doubt. There's no doubt over here. Regarding testimony of Tumah, these non- Eligible witnesses in general laws of testimony, when it comes to testimony of tumah, of actual intimacy, they are believed. And so much so, even to the extent that she will not receive her ksuba. Okay, so there's no drinking, there's no ksuba, because in the case of Eid Echad of Tumah, on the heels of Kinui and Stira, 
which we called raglayim ladover. We already had suspicious circumstances. This, according to the Torah, by the virtue of Xerus Hakosov, one witness is believed when that witness says, I saw the actual act of intimacy. Even though this is a, an individual that wouldn't be acceptable in other areas of testimony law. The Mishnah continues with a list of five women. This list is, for people who are in, uh, study uh, Gemara, I would say it's a, it's a famous list. It's a list of five women that in other areas of halacha are not believed concerning their testimony when it comes to this particular relative. Uh, a, a mother-in-law, for example. That's the first example. She's not believed in general. Here, there will be an exception. Uh, the, the general case, you find in Maseches Yevomis, where information concerning the death of a husband would lead to the ability of of the wife, now widow, to remarry. And the, the halacha recognizes uh, that information, even if it's conveyed on the part of people that ordinarily you wouldn't, you wouldn't believe in terms of testimony, there is a leniency with regard to that information, death, death of husband. And in that context, we say, these five women we would not believe, because these five women... I guess it's part of the nature of uh, mankind that these five women will are, are actually interested in messing up their relative, the uh, the woman who would benefit from that testimony. They would be they're happy to mess her up, meaning they'll they'll say that yeah your husband is dead when he's really alive. In the meantime, she'll go and marry someone else, and and the husband will come back. And thinking that he was dead because these women said so. So we don't believe them. They're, they'll, in general, mess up their relative. Now, who are these five women? And I say, in this case, you'll see that the Mishnah says they are believed. They're believed to say, nitmes. And as a result of their testimony, she will not drink. She's not going to lose the ksuba, though. So that is a bit different than the standard case of Naamonas. Now let's see, who are the five women? Chamosa, a lady's mother-in-law. If she says, I saw my daughter-in-law uh, in an act of intimacy, of course, after there was a kinui and stira, ubas chamosa, the, it's a sister-in-law, it's the daughter of her mother-in-law, it's her sister-in-law. The sorosa, a co-wife, uh, of course, the halacha recognizes bigamous marriages. So a co-wife is uh, the third lady. The Yevimta. Yevimta is the wife of one's husband's brother. We might call that a, another kind of a sister-in-law, but it's uh, one's uh, brother-in-law's wife. That lady, the Yevimta, the, the, the wife of one's uh, husband's brother, her uh, let's say, sus- suspicion in general, why we wouldn't rely her in the case of uh, the testimony of your husband is dead, is because in the event that uh, this lady's uh, husband dies, leaving no children, this lady is going to end up marrying her husband's brother. And she's now going to turn out to be a co-wife with this uh, husband's brother's wife. And number five, Ubas Baila, the daughter of one's husband uh, from a, another wife. Harei Elu Nemonos. Here, in the case of testimony concerning intimacy, if they say, I saw her uh, in an act of intimacy, uh, they are believed. the not to the extent that she would end up losing the Ksuba. Elo Shelo Tishteh. Simply, she will not drink. She's considered uh, tamea to the extent considered having been defiled, leaving no doubt about that. Vis-a-vis, there's no need for her to drink. But as far as uh, believing these women who uh, who don't seek out her welfare and, and cause her to lose money, that far we're not going to go. And now we continue on the heels of what we are suggesting that minimum testimony, minimum quality testimony is necessary for uh, for edus of tumor. 
Shehoya bedin. That means uh, through logic, I would not have believed a single witness. Testimony in general requires two witnesses, not any less than that. Here we have this, we'll call this uh, leniency that we're accepting one witness. Then the Mishnah tells us at this point, all of this we've seen before, by the way, uh, that uh, technically or, or logically I wouldn't have believed one witness. It's not for the fact that the Torah says to believe them. On my own, I wouldn't have believed them. When I say Torah says, it means a because of a special scriptural uh, ruling that otherwise I wouldn't have accepted. Why not? Shehoya Bedin, logic would have told me, Uma'im edus rishona, she'eno sarta isur olam. The term edus rishona is a reference to stira. Stira, the uh, a testimony concerning her being in seclusion. Witnesses tell her she was in seclusion with a paramour. Does that make her permanently also to her husband? No, because she could drink the water and, and turn out to be uh, innocent. So, Edus Rishon, Sar to Isra Olam, it doesn't permanently prohibit her to her husband. Eino Miskayemes Bepochos Mishnaim. According to Rabbi Yeshua, you cannot have testimony of Stira with any less than two witnesses. You've got a formal testimony for Stira. Edus Achrona. Edus Achron is a reference to Tuma, the act of uh, witnessing the, the intimacy. Edus Achrona, Olam. If there is testimony that she had been, in, in, the married woman had been in, involved with actual um, sexual intimacy with the paramour, she's prohibited to her husband permanently. All the more so, you should insist on having two proper witnesses. So how is it that for a, a, a relatively light matter, we require two proper witnesses? For a permanent prohibition, we certainly should require two proper witnesses. Why is it then that we accept even one witness? Talmud Loimar, the aid ein ba. This is a posuk that we've seen so many times at the beginning of the Mesirta. Bamidbor Perikei posuk Yud Gimel. Uh, let's read the pasuk together. It says, "V'shochavisho yisoh shichvazera v'neila me'ene yisha v'nistro v'hinit ma'ah v'eid ein ba v'hilo nit pasa." The pasuk describes her having had uh, intimacy uh, and uh, not known to her husband. Uh, she went into a private and she was defiled. And it says in the pasuk, "V'eid ein ba v'hilo nit pasa." "V'hilo nit pasa" means, and she was not raped. What does that mean? "Eid ein ba." So the Mishnah says, Kol edus sheyesh ba. We derive from this that whatever witness, whatever testimony you have, they will be believed. Let's take a look at Rashi. Kol edus sheyesh ba, second line from the bottom, Neamon ba. Whatever testimony you have will be believed regarding Tumor. Over Gemariel Finan law, Dahachi Komar. The Gemara will tell us that what the Pusik is really trying to say is as follows. Trey less ba. When it says aid, ain ba, aid is a word meaning, even though it's written in the singular form grammatically, it really means two witnesses. So that the Torah is saying, Trey less ba, two there are not. Well, how many are there? Elochecha, there is one. The Kamar And the Pusik describes the cases of non rape, meaning. Willingness, le maestra, that answers her. Alma mehemon. So we see from this that one witness who testifies, I saw the intimacy, she, the, uh, the, the married woman, becomes prohibited to her husband. She also becomes prohibited to the paramour, as we've seen in the past. Uh, now, you'll ask, what do you mean she becomes prohibited? In the event that her husband dies, she will not be allowed to marry this paramour. The Gemara continues. Now that we've established that for Edus of Tumah, which we call Edus Achrona, or permanent type of prohibition, one witness is believed. How many witnesses should we require for, uh, for seclusion, for the uh, stira? Hmm. If for this very weighty matter, one witness is enough, for a less weighty matter, like seclusion, certainly one witness should be enough, and yet we don't say that. 
Now that we've said what we have regarding Edus of Tumah, Edus Rishona, Edus of Stira, certainly should be acceptable with even one witness. We continue at the top of Omid Beis. Edus Achroina Shosati Seolom Harehimis Kayemis Beid Echad. Mind you, Edus Achroina, Edus of Tumah, which permanently, if a witness says that. I saw her in intimacy that prohibits her permanently to her husband and it's miskayimus, it's fulfilled, it's accepted with eight echod, one witness the eight is concerning seclusion which doesn't permanently prohibit it, it prohibits her until she comes to drink all the more so it should be accepted if you have even one witness Talmud Loimar ki motza bo ervaz dovar. That pasuk is in Sefer Dvorim. Ulahalenu Omer al pishnai meidim yokum dovar. The pasuk, by the way, of ki motza bo ervaz dovar has to do with uh, issues concerning immorality, and of course, a married woman. Uh, being suspect of going with another man is an issue of ervas dover, an issue of immorality. And in Sefer Dvaram Perakutes it says, Apishnayim Eidim Yokum Dovar. Notice the word Dovar is dashed on the line again. Malahalon Alpishnaim, just like over there in Perakutes it specifies two witnesses. Afkan, so too, with regard to Edus uh, of seclusion, Afkan. Alpi Shnayim. You would require two witnesses. At this point, we have three cases that we can read the Mishnah translated, but the Gemara will be focusing on them and, and, and explain them quite thoroughly later on. And if we wait for the Gemara, so we'll appreciate these lines much more uh, than trying to uh, explain them too much right now. Let's see. Case one, Aid Omer Nitmes, the Aid Omer Lo Nitmes. A singular witness says, I saw her defiled. And another witness says the opposite. Ishoimeris Nitmes, Vishoimeris Lo Nitmes. A woman says, Yes, she was defiled. Another woman says, She wasn't defiled. Hoisa Shoisa. They cancel each other out and. Uh, let's assume, as we have all along, we're talking about a case where there had been a warning and she had gone into seclusion. As far as our knowledge of tumor is concerned, that's been canceled out. So we're left with the initial warning and the seclusion. So she goes and drinks. Let's take a look at Rashi on the second line from the top. Stand one up against the other. They cancel each other out. She was like a case of a doubt. And how, how, how come a doubt arose? Because she received the warning. She went into seclusion. And we have a doubt. Next case. One witness says she has been defiled. She was engaged in an act of intimacy. Two witnesses say to that, they say to that one witness, and the explanation we're giving right now is, is beyond the translation. We ta- we're taking it from the Rashi. The two witnesses say to the one witness, lo nitmes, meaning she was not defiled in your presence. Because when you were there, we were there with you. And we saw uh, we saw a locked door. In other words, we were not on the other side of the door in the same room as the uh, woman and the paramour. And you were with us. So you could not have seen uh, uh, the act of intimacy as you are claiming. Hoisa shoisa. So the woman will be made to drink. Maybe the intimacy took place before these people showed up. Uh, I, I said, uh, maybe, uh, I said too limited an example. I said that we were on the other side of the door. No, they could have been in the same room with her and the paramour. But the point is, these two witnesses are saying to that one witness, while you were there, we were there with you, and 
we did not see any act of intimacy. It could be that before you showed up, in fact, there was an act of intimacy. So there is that doubt remains. So hoisa shoisa she is going to drink. Shnayim oimrim nitmes ve'echod oimr lo nitmes. Here we have a case of two saying she was defiled, one saying not, two against one, lo hoisa shoisa. Because the two who are saying nitmes, they're establishing uh, with without without any doubt that she was defiled. And a woman, as we've said so many times, a woman who was actually involved in, in an actual act of intimacy, so there's obviously no drinking. The drinking in the base of is only to resolve a, a point of doubt, not something that's certain. The Gemara opens with a question. You notice we have a, to the immediate right-hand side of the Gemara text a, um, an arrow, a squiggled arrow. You can align this with the line above in the Mishnah. And uh, the Gemara is going to ask a question regarding source information for the believability of one witness or alternatively the need for two witnesses in the case of Edus of Stira. The Mishnah said, how do I know that you need to have two witnesses for Edus of Stira? So in the Mishnah, we saw a Gezerah Shav of Dover Dovar. But is that really the source Hi, the Gemara asks. Hi, Talmud Lomar Ki Motso Bo Ervas Dabar. The source that Edus Rishon of, Edus of seclusion, testimony concerning seclusion, requires two witnesses. The Mishnah claimed that it's learned from the Dovar Dovar Gezerah Shava, the word comparison. But that's not so. Talmud Lomar Bo. You remember the Pesach we had, Pesach Yud Gimel, the aid Ein Ba, and in that Pesach we said, two witnesses there aren't, but one witness there is. And that Pesach was dealing with Tumal, was dealing with actual testimony of intimacy, not seclusion. So the Torah uses a limitation expression, Ba, meaning Ba Velo Bekinui, Ba Velo Bestira, Mi That's what the Mishnah should have said. Let's go over that. The Torah said, Eid ain't ba, means, in other words, that in the case of Tuma, one witness is enough. Yeah, by ba, by Tuma, ba is a pronoun. There, by Tuma, one witness is enough, but it's not enough for Kinui. It's not enough for Stira. You need to have two witnesses for Stira. Miboyale means that's what the Mishnah should have said. So that the, the citation of Xerah Shava on the part of the Mishnah seems to be erroneous. The Gemara responds, Hochi Nami Komar. The Mishnah uh, assumed this source. And the Mishnah is to be understood thusly. Talmud Lomar Ba. As far as testimony concerning Stira, we call Edus Rishona, we learned that you need to have two witnesses from the word Ba. Ba Velobakinui. Ba meaning regarding Tuma, one witness is enough, but not enough for verifying that there was a warning. Ba Velobastira. One witness is enough for Tuma, but it's not enough to establish that there had been seclusion. For that, you need two witnesses. The Tuma Be'alma below Kinui u below Stira. The Lomehemon Eidechod Menalan. Tuma in general, in other words, acts of prohibited intimacy. A married woman goes off with another man. And that married woman did not receive a warning from her husband. And there was no uh, testimony concerning seclusion. We'll call this testimony out of the blue that a married woman had intimacy with some other guy. One witness is not believed. The whole believability of one witness is Raglayim Ludover, as we said before, is coming on the heels of suspicious circumstances. There had been a warning, she went into seclusion with the other guy. But coming out of the blue, telling us about a married woman uh, having intimacy with uh, some other guy, uh, the, the boss at her work, we're not going to believe one witness. Menolon, from where do we know that? Nemar kan dovar v'nemar lahalon dovar. It says in the realm of uh, prohibited relations, 
the word Dovar, Dovar, and it says in the realm of testimony, just like in the Posit dealing with testimony, it says explicitly two witnesses. Afkan, so too in matters of uh, prohibited relations, if you want to have testimony concerning that, you'll have to have two witnesses. So we are seeing this point, I know. For some of you, it might sound like, wow, we've seen this so many times, but it's just it's significant just to re- recognize that the, the concept of testimony concerning forbidden intimacy, generally speaking, you'll have to have two witnesses. However, if it's a situation of a woman that had been warned by her husband and there was subsequent testimony concerning her being in seclusion with another guy, and to then to top it all off, one witness comes and says, I saw... It, while she was in that seclusion, I saw her performing an act of intimacy. In that case, we'll believe even the one witness. We continue in the Gemara, and with uh, uh, by glancing also at the side, in the margin, the no say, the topic heading, Nemonus Eid Echod, the believability of one witness, Lahaid Shenitma'a. So the, the Gemara says, Eid Omer Nitmes, we saw in our Mishnah, where one witness said she was defiled, and then we saw one witness saying she's not defiled. We have a triangles numbered above. Uh, triangle number one in the Mishnah said, Eid Omer Nitmes, Eid Omer Lo Nitmes. And the conclusion of that was, she will end up drinking. Why does she drink? Taimo de Komakish Lei. The reason that she is made to drink is because the witness that had said nitmes was contradicted by a single witness saying lo nitmes. So they cancel each other out. You're left with the original doubt of a woman having received the warning and gone into seclusion. So the Mishnah rules, she drinks. Ha lo komachish lei eid echod mehemon. Had there been no contradiction then the single witness would have been believed. Within the bracketed section, the Gemara delves into what's the source for one witness uh, of Tumor being believed. Up till now, we've been working with that as an assumption, and yes, we, we uh, saw in the Mishnah, we made reference to a, um, a Posik Eidein Ba, the Gemara is going to uh, delve into that. That's within the brackets. It cites the Pasuk, as we've already uh, indicated. We have in Gomorrah markings, put in a brackets here, for one simple reason. And it's because the Gomorrah, after the brackets, is going to be asking a question on that which we just said. So that, to make the, well, to, let's say, to maintain the, the logical flow, we, uh, we just said that if there is no contradiction, though, so one witness is believed. If there is contradiction, namely, witness one comes in and says, I saw the tumor. Witness, a second witness contradicts, says, no, there was no tumor. So then, we don't accept the first witness who said there was tumor. But why should that be? Why is it that we reject that first witness? Just because there was a contradiction. Let's skip to the question after the brackets. Since the Torah gives believability to a single witness who says, Tumor, that there was Tumor. How can a single witness that comes in after the, afterwards uh, to contradict him? How can he have any halachic weight? The Omar Ula, Ula teaches a principle. Wherever the Torah grants believability to one witness. Those are obviously exceptional cases, but the Torah says in this case one witness is believed. And here we're dealing with that. One witness who says, I saw the tumult is believed. That one witness has the strength of two. There's no room for the words of Echod. That's the, the contradicting witness. He's a single witness saying, Lo nitmes. 
one person saying lo nitmes has no chance against the power of two. True, it's only one human being, but it's one human being who is vested with the power of two. So how is it that there's any hakosha? So above, we said that uh, one witness who says nitmes is believed when they're not challenged. But if they're challenged by another one witness saying the opposite, so we disregard, we reject the one witness who said Tuma. But that should not be. Even if the aid Echad who said Nitmes is contradicted by a single witness saying low Nitmes, we should disregard that low Nitmes information and uh, she shouldn't drink. And yet the Mishnah said, Hoysa she does drink. Elo Omar Ula, Ula, who, who was just cited as the uh, the source of our question, Ula says, Tani lo hoysa He says, change the reading of the Mishnah to say, she would not drink. V'chein Omar Rabbi Yitzchok, lo hoysa shoysa. says the same thing. Not like what we see printed in the Mishnah, but rather, if one witness says she's nitmes, and then one witness says lo nitmes, we don't listen to the lo nitmes. He's one against the power of two. And we're left with nitmes. Nitmes doesn't the woman doesn't drink. Okay, we skipped a bracketed section, so let's go over that now. The Gemara had said that had there been no contradiction, so Eid Echad Mehemon, a single witness who says, I saw Tumor, is believed, and there's no drinking. What's the basis of this teaching? So the Pasuk says, we saw Bamidbar Parake, Pasuk Yud Gimel, Vied Ein Ba. Even though grammatically aid is a witness in the singular, the oral law is telling me that aid means two. There aren't. There aren't two. When it says aid ain't ba, maybe it means as grammar would dictate, there is no witness. So what are we to make of the word aid when you see that? Does it mean two, or does it mean as grammar would indicate, one? Talmud loimar, the Pasuk says elsewhere, lo yokum eid echod b'ish There shall not rise up a single witness to testify against a person. Mimashma she'nemar lo yokum eid. This Pasuk, you know, in the Torah, every word, every letter has significance. The Pasuk we just read, Lo Yokum Eid. Did it have to add the word Echad? Isn't Eid already grammatically in the singular? From the fact that the Torah says, Lo Yokum Eid, Eini Yodea Shu Echad, would I not have known that it's one? Ma Talmud Lomar Echad. Why add the word Echad? So the answer to that is ze bono av. This teaches us a general rule. Komokum shemar aid. Wherever you see the word aid without the word echod, the say the qualifier of echod. If you see the word aid alone, then harei kan shnayim. It's a reference to two. Ad shiifrut lochakosav echod until the Torah specifies the word echod. The omar rachmana. And the Torah is saying, in the case of the Sota, it's what was the Pesach at the beginning of the source, Eidein Ba, what is it saying? Tre less Ba Elochad. Two there aren't, but one there is. And the Pesach goes on to say, This lady was not raped, she was a willing partner. Asura. By the fact that the Pesach describes her as a, as a willing partner, that means she is prohibited. So it's from this Pasuk, the Eirein Ba, that we know that one witness that says Nitmes is believed in the case of the Sota, of course, coming on the heels of the Kinui and the Stiro. We continue reading the section we read already, but as we mentioned, this is a throwback to the Gemara before the brackets. 
Since, as we've just established now, we saw the sources that one witness is believed to say that she was defiled. How can another single witness that comes in and says how can he be given any legal weight and, and, and be described as contradicting successfully the first witness? The first witness who said Nitmes. The Amar Ula. Ula teaches us a principle. Wherever the Torah gives believability to a single witness, he has the legal strength of two. And in general, as you all know, uh, when it's two against one, the one is nothing. He's like, he's like non-existent. So what do you have over here? You've got albeit physically one witness, but he who has the power of two saying, Nitmes, uh, the, the contradicting uh, voice is simply to be disregarded. Oh, so then, if that's the case, so the guy that said Nitmes, that is it. Why, de- why then does the Mishnah say that in that case, she is given to drink? Once we, see, we hear Nitmes from a source of believability... That's as good as saying she's definitely defiled. Definitely defiled. Of course, there's no drinking. Drinking is only to to uh, clarify a doubt, but there's no doubt. In the uh, case that we had in the Mishnah labeled as triangle number one, the conclusion of that section should be, instead of it should be she would not drink because the one witness that says Nitmes has the power of two she would not be given to drink because as we said the one witness that said Nitmes has the power of two leaving no room for a contradictory single witness to claim otherwise well Rebichia doesn't uh, change the mission he leaves it as it is well, if that's the case, the Rebchia Kashyadullah. As far as Rebchia is concerned, then isn't Ula's principle a problem for Rebchia's approach? Lo Kashya. There is no problem for, uh, for Rebchia. You've got our Mishnah is, is really is featuring one scenario, and Ula is dealing with another scenario. Kan Bebasachas. The, the case in the Mishnah is where those two uh, contradictory witnesses come in at the same time. In other words, witness one says nitmes, and within two three seconds of his testimony, the other guy says no, lo nitmes. There was there was no time for the first testimony nitmes to to I say to gel, to harden, to concretize, to take root. It was immediately refuted, or it was immediately immediately contradicted. However, Khan Ula's din is bazaharzeh. Ula's din is a case where one witness comes in by himself saying, uh, Oh, Nitmes, I saw her and uh, I saw her in intimacy. And he walks out of the court. Sometime later, another witness comes in and says, Lo Nitmes. Too late. The first uh, witness who said Nitmes, his testimony had been uh, accepted. It wasn't within a, a two second time frame where it's considered one uh, unit of, of, of time. This case is there was a gap in time between the first witness who said Nitmes, his testimony was accepted and then afterwards uh, a, a contradictory witness came in, too late we don't reckon with it, we don't believe it because of Ula's principle Tnan Eid Omer Nitmes. Ushnaim Omrim Lo Nitmes. Hoysa Shoysa. I hope this is familiar. You look back in the Mishnah, you see uh, case number two above. One witness said Nitmes, and two witnesses said Lo Nitmes. Uh, the Mishnah in triangle number two uh, said she will drink. There is room to draw an inference from here where in, in this the quote from the Mishnah the one witness who said Nitmes he was, he was contradicted 
by two witnesses who said, how can you say uh, Nitmes when well, we were there together with you and there was no intimacy? So the, the testimony of that one witness saying Nitmes is uh, voided, is, uh, is refuted. We could infer from this though, ha chad vechad, if it was one against one, not one against two, but one witness saying nitmes, and one witness saying lo nitmes, then the ruling would be different. It would be lo hoisa shoisa. She would not drink. Why? Why wouldn't she drink? Well, it's that would be. Uh, the, the one witness we saw before has the power of two, and he's claiming it. Mace, the second guy, has no room to uh, to uh, to uh, refute him. Tufta de Here we have a case of chad chad, one against one, and the inference is low hoisa shoisa. What did Rebchia say about a case of chad chad? He said yes shoisa. So this is a challenge to Rebchia. Omaloch Rebchia, uletamech. According to you, that that claim that the Mishnah is really being taught for its inference, and you're using that inference as a question on me, well, Amo Seifa, just continue reading the Mishnah and see what you end up with now. This is the third uh, case, the third triangle from above. Shnayim Oimrim Nitmes, Ve'echod Omer Lo Nitmes. Two witnesses say that she was in defiled. One saying no, lo hoisa shoisa. Oh, two saying she's defiled. There's no chance for one to say otherwise. So she's uh, definitely guilty. No need for drinking. What would you infer from here? Ho chad vechad. But if it was one against one, one saying nitmes and one saying lo nitmes, then the inferred case would be hoisa shoisa. Not like. In, uh, in the Mishnah's case, so it said lo hoisa but the inferred case would be if it's one against one, she would drink. <laughs> so, Rabbi Chia is saying if you're going to say that the Mishnah is here to tell, tell me inference cases, you've got a contradiction. Just take a look at what we've marked off. The first diamond had a was followed by a dashed underline statement lo hoisa and here the same case hoisa so Rabbiya continues with his explanation. Elokula Bipsuli Edus. The Mishnah is actually to be learned at face value, meaning no inferences. Don't draw inferences. And the Mishnah is dealing with testimony from those who are Psuli Edus, people who in general are not accepted as uh, kosher witnesses, according to the laws of testimony. The common example would be women. Women are not uh, do not function as as uh, witnesses where formal testimony is required. Here, in the realm of tuma of the sota, we know that there's a we'll say we deviate from the rules of the traditional requirements for testimony. And the whole Mishnah, when it speaks about uh, two against one and one against two, we're talking about psule edus, the Rebbe Nechem And as Rashi emphasizes, what B'chi is telling us, the Mishnah is not to be learned for the sake of the inferences, but rather the Mishnah is to be learned at face value. And there's, of course, therefore there's no kasha on Rebbe the whole kasha on Rebchia was developed because of the inference that we drew from case 2, but disregard that. And we learn the Mishnah as being uh, based on or authored by Rabbi Nechemya He, and it's in accordance with Rabbi Nechemya. Desanya, Rabbi Nechemya Oimer, Komokam Shemina Torah, Eid Echad, wherever the Torah believes a single witness. Like our case, the edus of Tuma by a sota, halochacha rov deos. If there is any contradiction or controversy in the in the testimony, follow the majority of deos, majority of uh, of opinions or the uh, the majority of the people, what they're saying. The this uh, the uh, we call it the source goes on, but from the Rashi on uh, Daf Lamed uh, Beis we. 
uh, we can we can say that this is not Rabbi Nehemia continuing to speak, but rather it's a uh, it's an added interpretation or it's an application of Rabbi Chia. The Asu Shtei Noshim Beish Echad Kishnei Anoshim Beish Echad. As a result of this unique realm of testimony, namely a, a realm in which the Torah believes um, an eight echad, it's all a matter of numbers. And two women will win out, or their words will be accepted against even a, a, a man, if he's one man. Just like two men beat out one man in testimony. So, what you do at this point is you go back to the quotes from the Mishnah. Take, for example, case number two. One witness said, nitmes. Two say, lo nitmes. So, you follow the majority. So, it essentially is, there's no testimony of actual tumah. Okay, so then you're left with the original doubt. The woman was warned, there's testimony she was in seclusion, so she drinks. Case three, Two witnesses saying that she was defiled. One saying not defiled. Two against one. You follow the two that say she was defiled. No drinking. Ve'ika di'amri. And then we have a variation, a, another approach, another version of what we have just said. Kol hecha da'asa eid echad kosher me'ikara. If one man, one adult man, an adult man is called an an eight echad kosher. He's a, a an individual that would be acceptable in the general laws of testimony. So if an eight echad kosher comes at the outset saying nitmes, I saw defilement. Even a hundred women that would contradict have no more power than one witness. And therefore, they will not be believed. And there is, as a result, there's going to be no drinking because we're going to be accepting that Eid Echod Kosher who came saying, Nitmes. I hope you notice that in this second version, uh, we're not relegating the Ish Echod to be uh, defeated by two women. In the first version, two women would win, win out against one man. Not in this case. Not in this version. We continue at the top of the Aflamid Beis. The Hacha Askinon. In our Mishnah, where it said, one witness said, uh, defiled. Two witnesses say, not defiled. She does drink. Well, what's the case then? Kigon dasoi isha meikara. The first witness that showed up was a woman, a woman who said nitmes, and then two women say lo nitmes. So the two women beat out the one woman. You're left with the case of lo nitmes, no no testimony of actual intimacy, and therefore she'll drink. And they say, straighten out the Rabbi Nechemia presentation as follows. Rabbi Nechemia Oimer, Kol Mokoim Shemina Torah Eid Echod, Haloch Acha Rov Deos. Wherever the Torah grants believability to a single witness, uh, as is the case of the Sota and testimony of Nitmes, you follow the majority. Whatever the majority says, that's what we accept. The, and, and here we go on with the the uh, interpretation or the application of Rabbi Nechemia's words. V'osu shtei noshim be'isha achas two women versus one woman k'shnei anoshim be'isha echad like two men versus one man uh, two males versus one male and everyone knows that in the, in the uh, rules of testimony Two witnesses will certainly overrule whatever one witness says. Avol But if it's a question of two women going up against the testimony of one man, ki palga upalga domi. It's 
like one against one. To appreciate this uh, a little more, we take a look at Rashi. Ki palga upalga domi klomar. Palga literally means half. But in this case, if it's a case of two women against one man, what does it mean? It's kichad v'chad. It's like one against one. Ve'i bevas achas osu. If they came together, then uki tre lebahadi chad ve'ukme asveka. Then you would just pit off the two women against the one man. Uh, the two women saying that uh, nitmes, the one, the, uh, I should say, the two women that claim uh, nitmes and uh, one uh, man saying lo nitmes, uh, they would cancel each other out. Ukme asfeka, and the sota is back to the sofek position because they cancel each other out. Now notice, we're focusing on a case where there's one man versus the two women. Here we're not saying just follow the majority of deos. So what is it? It's viewed as one against one. And when is that? If they came in simultaneously. If, however, the two women and that one man are not coming in together. And the one that the Torah believes, namely, the single man testifying nitmes, if he comes in first, and there, and he's, uh, and his testimony is accepted. It's not a case of basachaz; it's a case of bazachaz. He would then have the power of two. The Hanoch, the two women, kechad, have the power of one. The and their testimony has no weight against his testimony of nitmes, and there would be no drinking, even though the two women are saying, lo nitmes, nitmes, and in a case where two women are saying, nitmes, that there was defilement, and one kosher witness is saying, she was not defiled, she will drink, Mind you, even though there were two women saying nitmes, nitmes is the is the classic case of no drinking, but they were followed by one man saying lo nitmes, so he cancels them out. She drinks. It's like one against one. That there would be no drinking. Kagon dahu chad have a puzzle. That's a case where the one, the case of the Mishnah, of course, is case number three, where two said nitmes and one said lo nitmes, and the Mishnah ruled there is no drinking. It's because that echod, that one that said lo nitmes, was have a puzzle. Dahuchan have a puzzle was a, a puzzle. So then, in a case like that, we say it's it's two against one. The two had said nitmes, and the one was two women against one woman, and therefore we follow the rov deos. But, just to repeat ourselves, had that one who was saying lo nitmes been a man, he would have countered the two women saying nitmes. And therefore... Uh, there's no, uh, say, knowledge of what happened. You're left with the suffix. And in that case, as we saw, saw here in the Rashi, she would drink. Now we turn back to the Gemara. At this point, um, according to how Rebchia presents the Sugya, how he presents the Mishnah, cases 2 and 3 are learned, as we said, on their own. Uh, and not, no inference is to be drawn from them. And the two cases, cases two and three of the Mishnah, are dealing with psule edus. And the rule is, follow the majority. Two say one way, one says the other way, you'll follow the two against the one. Either way, you're going to follow the two against the one. The Gemara asks, What do I need two cases, two separate cases, to illustrate that concept that when you're dealing with psuleiros, follow the majority. Just teach one case. Mahu detema. Without teaching both cases, I would have thought. Ki azlinon bosa roiv deois. 
When is it that we say follow the majority? If the result would be making her drink. L'chumra means stringency. For our purposes, stringency means making her drink. Of course, subjecting her to uh, the danger of, of exploding, of, of dying. So, without having taught both cases, I would have thought that, yeah, I'll follow the... When you're dealing with psuliatus, you follow the majority. That's in the case that two are saying low nitmase, and one is saying nitmase. That would be, in effect, case number two, where two are saying low nitmase, one is saying nitmase, follow the two that said low nitmase, and then we're left with the doubt. She drinks. That's l'chumra. Avo l'kula. But the scenario that is represented by case three, what did it say in case three? Two said nitmase, one says not. Well, you'd follow the two against the one. What would the result of that be? The Mishnah says, it's not l'chumra, but I wouldn't say that. L'kula, but to... Follow rove deos, resulting in her not having to drink. Lo azino, I would have thought maybe there we don't follow the rove deos. Komash molon, the Mishnah reveals to us by teaching the additional case that even when the result is her not drinking, when, even when the result of following the rove deos is this lenience of her not drinking, we still follow the rove deos. And you can see with Siata Dishmaya, we have uh, arrived at the end of this. Entire parak, albeit one shiur, and uh, Amir Sashem. Uh, next time we'll continue with the uh, seventh parak, Elunem Bukhar Loshon. With that, we conclude our shiur for today.